0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the beautiful truths that we have just read from the Lord Jesus. How he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. That he is the good shepherd that knows each of his sheep by name. That he are the good shepherd, Lord Jesus, that we know your voice. So I pray this morning you will give us ears open to hear your voice today. That as you share with us from the word by your spirit, You will open up our eyes and soften our hearts to receive from you the the sheer magnificence, the sheer majesty, the sheer glory of who you are. And as I shared before, Lord, that, that we will not accumulate information, but rather we would be captivated by the greatness of your love for us as shown to us in Jesus Christ. So I pray for us this morning. Please help us to connect with you. Please help us to hear from you. Please help us to respond to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I'm from New Zealand, and there was a show in the 70s called A Dog Show, and it was a really interesting show. So in the 70s, it was just a couple of farmers, like a farmer with his sheepdog. See, the way they do shepherding in New Zealand and in Australia is far different to the way they do shepherding in the Middle East and Lebanon and Israel and stuff. And so they would have these competitions where they would have the shepherd standing at the bottom of the hill. They have sheep scattered all over the hill. And then with whistles and hand gestures, the shepherd would basically with two dogs, two sheep dogs, just direct the the dogs to to gather up all the sheep and get them into a sheep pen. I know it sounds boring, but it was actually quite a lot of fun. And as like a five, six-year-old, I used to enjoy watching a dog show. It was really interesting. I'm sure they're on YouTube, so I'll probably watch them again and realize I enjoyed this. But anyway, but it was was really interesting. Now, the way they do shepherding in the Middle East was was a lot different. Okay, if you have a look at this thing here, this is what one scholar says. Okay, Um, it says, The duty of shepherds was to keep their flock intact, protect it from predators, and guide it to market areas and time for sharing. Shepherds were an important part of the economy. Unlike farmers, shepherds were often wage earners. being paid to watch the sheep of others. Shepherds also lived apart from society because they are largely nomadic. Now, as you can imagine in Lebanon and the Middle East and things like that, if you wanted your flocks to grow, if you wanted large flocks, then you as a shepherd or as a hired hand had to actually lead flocks away to another pasture within which they could actually get some fresh grass. Does that make sense? Pretty basic. And what they would do is that while they're away, they would create these sheep pens. They would use whatever was around, branches, sticks, rocks, or whatever it was, and they would have that one entrance, they would place the sheep inside it, and then the shepherd themselves would sleep in the opening. They would sleep in the doorway. They were essentially the door or the gate. Through which the sheep could enter or exit. Inside that place, because there are a lot of wild animals around and things like that, this is what they would do on a regular basis because you could take it down, burn it, whatever it was, go put it up and set out somewhere else to find another patch of grass to be able to feed the sheep. This is a very small one. Some of them they made were absolutely huge. Now, Jesus, when talking to the Pharisees, starts talking about not so much religious ideas, but he talks about shepherding ideas. And he does it from a decidedly, Jewish perspective. Because as he talks about a sheep pen, as he, sh- as he shares about a shepherd and thieves and robbers and things, the Pharisees that are his audience at this time would have had this in mind, okay? This is just to provide a little bit of context. And he did so for a couple of reasons. One, it was an analogy of shepherds sheep hired hands thieves robbers gatekeepers and gates being shared for that particular imagery for the pharisees to understand and to try and figure out which are they in the analogy jesus gives are they the shepherd are they the thieves are they the robbers are they the gatekeeper out of the gate, which one are they? And two, because he is addressing the Pharisees specifically, he's addressing what his father's role as the shepherd of Israel is. Because the sheep pen itself, some scholars have said, when they refer to the sheep pen, the sheep pen itself could be a picture of or is referred to as Israel. Now remember, Jesus is talking about the children of Israel being his father's sheep because he talks about another flock in verse 16 he says i have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen these are people outside of israel this is because there's the barrier between the gentiles and the jews and before jesus comes and breaks down that wall that barrier there were these two distinct people groups those that knew god and those that did not and so he says there are others of other of another sheep pen But he says that they too will listen to my voice and then there shall be one flock and then there shall be one shepherd. As he breaks down that wall of separation and makes us one, both Jew and Gentile alike in the person of Jesus. As I said, there's this decidedly Jewish angle taken in this passage. As Jesus declares who he is as the gate that leads to safety and security, all those that follow him, his own sheep, but also the good shepherd that loves on his sheep, that oversees his sheep, and that sacrifices his sheep. So, this is what I wanted to do today. What makes a good shepherd good? What makes a good shepherd, as a matter of fact, better? What separates a good shepherd from a bad shepherd, what separates a good shepherd from even just a regular shepherd. And there are several things, only three, there's far more in this chapter, but I'm gonna share with you several things that that sort of make what Jesus does as shepherder so amazing. And it's this, here's the first one. When he says, when he says this in John chapter 10, Verse 11, it says this the first five words I am the good shepherd. Everybody say that one, two, three. I am the good shepherd. Well done. The first thing that makes a good shepherd good is his connection with his sheep, the connection he has with the sheep. He says this he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The effort to know and identify each of his sheep individually. Like in that picture I showed you, there were like two sheep. We're looking at quite large flocks that go around, and a shepherd that would name each of his sheep. Like, Ben has fish. I mean, sorry, Australian. Fish, I think you're supposed to say it. Ben has fish, okay? Okay. But you have fish, right, Ben? Have you named any of those? And like, he's got a lot of fish. Do you know each of your fish by name? Wow, see, so, while, so he's not so much a shepherd, but a fish herd, I guess but he knows his sheep by name he can identify it's not like they'll respond to him but he knows each of his sheep by name and now when i see those fish and you, the, hands up those who have seen ben's aquariums yeah so yeah, so just so just so you help understand he has a lot of fish like like you want to you want to go to an aquarium just go to ben's house okay but there's a lot of fish and the fact that he knows each of those fish by name and can identify each of those fish shows how much he's into fish. That sounded bad. How much he likes fish. Does that make sense? Why? Because there's a, there's a care. There's a care. There's an intent. There's a desire. And because there's this connection that he has with his fish, that's why he named them. That's why he can identify them. We can't. And in all honesty, if, if his house was burning down, I'm not going to save his fish. Like I'm not. He might want to okay him okay, okay but we'll stop there, we'll stop making fun of Ben, okay, so but it shows a connection and a care that this shepherd has. He knows them, but not only that, he is able to lead them. He's able to go out before them, and he is able to he is able to draw them to himself with nothing but his voice with nothing but his voice. There was a friend of mine way back in two thousand she was very good with horses, and she studied under. Uh, a a, a horse person in sort of northern Queensland. And she's apparently really famous. And the the way she would train her horses was with action, with a voice and with action. She could say something, do an action, and the horse would respond to her. It was absolutely amazing. Why? Because it wouldn't do it for me. It wouldn't copy my instruction. It wouldn't copy my voice. Why? Because I was not familiar to this horse. This horse recognized her voice and would only respond to her voice. So the fact that these sheep could recognize the voice of their shepherd would understand the instruction of their shepherd shows how much investment, how much love, how much care this shepherd has for his sheep. So familiar, so trusted, so comfortable were they with the shepherd that even if someone else attempts to lead them away, they would refuse to follow. They would run off. Why? Because they would not recognize a stranger. That's a connection that cannot be substituted. That's a connection that cannot be faked. I want you to understand something here, okay? Before I get further on this, I want you to understand something here. As I shared before, the Lord Jesus Christ, in His coming to earth, dying for you, rising again, and that through faith, you're trusting in Him for the forgiveness of sin and being born again of the Spirit. He has given you a connection that nobody else has. He has given you a connection that of of being son, son and daughter. He's given you a connection and the ability for you to recognize His voice. The problem is this. How do you come to recognize His voice? Well, you come to recognize His voice through the Word of God. You come to recognize His voice as He speaks to you through the Scriptures, as you spend time in His presence, as you sit there and dwell to hear from Him in those those being still moments and knowing that He is God. So that when He speaks, you can sort out all of the the garbage, all of the white noise that the world promotes and bombards you with, and you are able to identify that still small voice that the Lord speaks into your life. But if you if you're not, if you're not in this, it's it's one of the best things. There was a, a gentleman I was talking with, just so one of the one of the teachers, the Japanese teachers. His name was uh, Kota Sensei Kota. He was a really nice man. He was thirty six years old. He'd been married for a while. He's got a six-month-old baby. And while we were talking, while we are communicating, we are communicating through a translator, I said, how do you like being a dad? And he, was, he shared with me one of the great things that I really like about being a dad was that moment when your child hears your voice and their eyes light up and they're like, that's my dad. And he said that's what he gets to experience with his son. That's what he loves, that when he walks in and his son laughs or smiles and then looks For his dad because his son recognizes his father's voice that's what we've been given in jesus christ the ability to have our eyes light up because god has spoken into your life into your circumstance into your situation no matter what it is no matter how dark it is no matter how hard it is that even through all of that he can speak into your life and your eyes say, lord i i know you're there that's the connection we've been given in Jesus, so that's the first thing about what a good shepherd is. A good shepherd has a connection with his sheep. The second thing is his provision to his sheep. In verses 7 to 10, we read, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief. Comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What has He given His sheep? He has given to them belonging as His people, belonging to His flock, and a world that is constantly fighting for somewhere to belong, a group to identify with, a group to be accepted in, a family to be welcomed by, and a world that is looking for all of that. And you have Through the internet, through the internet, people, have you ever noticed on the internet how many groups people just flock to certain groups? And there's never anybody, for want of a better word, there's never anybody different. There's never anybody different. You don't like something? I don't like that, so I'll go find someone that I agree with and I'll hang out with them because they'll accept me. I don't like the way Jono looks, so I'll go find someone else to hang out with. I'll hang out with Auntie Judy. You know, more like Jono, Jono wants to be with somebody that has more hair than I do. You know, you, know you, what you, you want to find somewhere to be accepted, you can find that online. And that's what you look for. That's what, the, that's what the world looks for now. What I love about the church, what I love about the flock of God, what I love about the people that have been born again by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, is that I look around and I see a whole heap of different people in, that are brothers and sisters in Christ. That are my brothers and sisters in Christ but are completely different from me. And we are united, not because we like the same things. We're united because we are loved by and known by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why. Why I can come at to Pastor John and sit down with him and talk with him. And, and he could share with me what he did yesterday. Why I can sit down with my sister Sarah and ask her about how things went at the Sunday school. How I can sit down with my sister Liz and ask how things were at work. Because you have a whole bunch of different people, and you may not even like me, you're still my brother and sister. You're still going to be in eternity with me, <laughs> so that's 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 your, that's your problem, not mine. Okay, but that's the reality of it. That's what I, this is. This is what we've been made in Jesus Christ. He has given us belonging as part of His flock. He has given us plans as His people. He's given us purposes for our existence in order to build His kingdom. Yeah, we may not agree about some things, but I tell you what, I tell you what, I agree that even though you may not like me, that you probably love Jesus, you probably love Jesus, and if you love Jesus, and when I say don't like, it's not, it's not like you're sitting there saying, oh, you know, I hate Joe, I wish he'd die, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about if there's a disagreement, I mean, because I know there are people that don't, that they they don't like the type of person that I am in the sense that I'm loud and, and I can come across as obnoxious and arrogant um, you know, yeah, most times. But but, that's, but irrespective of that, when it comes to the things of God, that's where we're united. Let's go tell somebody about Jesus. Let's go love on this person who needs help. Let's look at how we can draw them closer to the Lord. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's like playing. It's been a while since I've done a, a, a rugby illustration but if I play in a game of rugby, and it doesn't matter if my, if I usually play number seven, and it doesn't matter if I don't like number six, doesn't matter, because we have the goal of the team in mind, and that's to win the game. And so we'll do away with our disagreements, we'll do away with our issues, we'll do away with our problems, because if I pull off a good tackle, then, you know, he'll go, good tackle. If I get hit, if I get punched in the face, he'll be the first guy to punch the guy back. Okay? That's why, because we're on the same team. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. We're on the same team, and He is our goal. He has a, and and, what, and you know what's really cool about that is that as you walk with the Lord Jesus, it'll end up that He'll change my heart. If I don't like I don't like Chris, He'll change my heart. Eventually, I'll be I love Chris. And He does that by His Spirit, as He as I mature and as I grow with Him. So, we so in in this provision also, we find we have salvation. In this provision, we find there is pasture. In this provision, we find there is access. In this provision, we find that the shepherd desires that his sheep would could could come to experience life, but life in its fullness. That's what he wants. In his provision, in the provision of himself. He desires that we would come to know life and life in his in its fullness. He chose them, for example, when you look at Israel, he chose them despite their insignificance. You look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. He sits in and he goes, I didn't choose you because you were big in number, I didn't choose you because you're strong, I didn't choose you. I chose you because I loved you. That was it. That's it. I chose you because I loved you. He had made them for his people, and he says, I will be, you will be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse four. And what's even better is that with Israel, he says, and he would fight for them because the battle is the Lord's. 1 Samuel 17, verse 47. That's what David says. So we have first, we have the good shepherd. He connects with his sheep. We have the good shepherd that provides for his sheep. And then we have this. What makes a good shepherd? The good shepherd who sacrifices. For his sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Here is the biggest factor that distinguishes the good shepherd from the hired worker. And it's the greatness of the sacrifice, sorry, and that is the greatness of the sacrifice given for their own sheep. Remember, the hired hand doesn't own the sheep. That's why there's no investment, that's why there's no care. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's not here, but I, I like how when when Jimmy did the startup and and the business, and I look at how hard Jimmy works, and there's this investment, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Jono doesn't work this way, or, or 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 Kelso doesn't work hard, or Sharon or anything like that. I'm not saying that these guys aren't bad workers or anything like that because I've I've seen them work, and and Jono works when he needs to. <laughs> Sorry, no. John is a very good worker. I love Jono dearly. I love Jono dearly. But but I, there's this there's this. There's a certain connection that Jimmy has with his job because he's taken this huge step. And so he's got this, this investment into it. Does that make sense? And, and it's, it's evident by how hard he works. And I really enjoy just sitting down and talking with him. I don't understand like 90% of the stuff that he talks about, but I do find it fascinating. That little 10% I do understand, I'm like, wow, it's just, it's just over my head. He's an amazing guy. He's an amazing guy. And so I, I think, but he's, he, because he's got this connection, he tries and invests a lot personally into that. Now, if, if the other workers, I'm not saying the other workers don't, don't try hard, but there's not as much of an investment for it to succeed because they don't own it. So it is here with the sheep. There is this hired hand, remember? Because they the, the shepherd or whoever it was, whoever owns the flock would hire other people. As soon as there's a threat, they have no investment to stay. Why are they going to sacrifice their lives? Why would they put themselves in danger for something that they don't own, something that they don't belong to? So when you have this, this wolf that shows up in verse 12, the hired hand will abandon the sheep. Ultimately, the hired hand sees it as just a job in order to be done so that they can live. There is no personal investment that would deem his sacrifice as worth it in verses 12 and 13 the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep so when the wolf is coming he abandons the sheep and runs away then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it the man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep now in verse 1 what i really like is how jesus identifies his audience he says pharisees because very truly i tell you pharisees who are the pharisees they were the religious leaders of the day. The Pharisees were like the under-shepherds for the great shepherd of the, who was the God of Israel. The under These guys were the ones who weren't supposed to be the hired hands. These are the guys that were supposed to be the shepherds to direct the people to the God of creation, to direct the people. If anybody should have recognized the Messiah, it should have been them. They were the ones that knew the Scriptures. They were the ones that spent time after time, after time, hour, after hour, after hour, spending time in the Scriptures, discovering God's will. So they should have identified the Messiah when He showed up, but they didn't. Why? Because they went from being a shepherd to a hired hand. They saw this responsibility, this role as spiritual leader, as a means to an end, as a way to earn a living, to have power and influence. Not saying every Pharisee was, but that's how it was known as now. And that's why they became these things. They were supposed to be the shepherds to direct people to the great shepherd of Israel. And when you look at how the great shepherd of Israel, the God of creation, is described, you have some wonderful verses. Like Psalm 23, one. Uh, Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then you read how he leads me besides still waters, you read about how he provides and what he does, and it's, it's a beautiful psalm, and then you have in Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says, he tends his flock like a shepherd, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart, uh, it was like, like, I was holding Ariella, and it was, it, was, it was really nice, it was like, yeah, she's, she's so light, okay, but um. So I'm holding, I'm holding Ariella, and what was really nice is that she puts her arm around me, and then she just leaned her head against my head, and I was just thinking, oh, that's really, that, that, that's really cute, that's really cute. And then she stopped because I started sweating, and so she, I, th- I think that was getting uncomfortable for her. You know. but but what was I, I think I think of that there, how the Lord Jesus, how God gathers up His flock and He holds them close to His side. You are held close to the very heart of God in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Do you know that? You may not feel it, but it doesn't change that reality. You are held to the very heart of God. He holds you close to Himself. That's how much He cares for you. That's how much He loves you. That's how He's connected with you in Jesus Christ. That's how He provides for you in Jesus Christ. In Ezekiel 34 verse 11, the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and Look after them. The shepherd that leaves the 99 to go save the one. The shepherd that looks for you. Even now, when you're going through your struggles, even now, when you're having your hard times, even now, when you feel like God isn't hearing you and you feel like you're isolated from Him, or even if you've turned your back on Him and thought, I'm gonna go my own way, Lord, He is still searching for you. He is still looking for you. He wants to scoop you up, put you on his shoulders, wants to hold you close to his heart and bring you back to the flock, bring you back to himself. But instead, that's what he wants to do. The Pharisees, they instead became, instead of the shepherds, or even a good shepherd or even a regular shepherd, they became the hired hands, were more concerned with their own welfare and and their own benefit, which resulted in what? Which resulted in them stealing, killing, and destroying their own connection with God. That's what resulted. While the Lord Jesus is speaking with His disciples, He explains this about sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. John 15, 13. As He prepares, and He teaches that as He prepares to give up His life as a sacrifice for our sin. For our offenses, for our transgressions against his holy, pure, sinless person. And it is in that sacrifice on the cross, his bearing of the judgment of God for my iniquities and the resurrection from the dead that has granted me, through believing in Jesus, forgiveness of sin. That has granted me regeneration of my sinful nature to make me a new creation in Christ and replace my heart of stone with a heart of flesh. That I'm born again of the Spirit of God. And made his child. And now, in this place of being born again into God's family through believing in Jesus, how does knowing these points of, of, of connection, of, of provision, and of sacrifice, how does that help my connection with my good shepherd affect me? How is that supposed to look? Okay, I'm going to go quickly through this. Jesus' connection with us. Not that we required much effort on his part, but the fact is this that in Jesus Christ, you are known by God. You are known as his son. You are known as his daughter. And I know I've said it, I think I've said it every week over the past five weeks. Galatians 4 9, when he says, Now that you know God, or rather are known by him, you are known by him. He who knows, every hair on your head who holds you in greater stead than the sparrows that fall to the ground or the lilies that spin around in their glorious apparel greater than that of Solomon. So we read this in Hebrews, oh, that's right there. So Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name. To my brothers and sisters in the assembly, I will sing your praises. This is the connection that cost the Lord Jesus his life. And it's more than just the initiating of something beautiful. It's a beauty that continues to grow as that connection is nurtured and protected. And it's growing through, through being in the Word, through spending time In the Scriptures, through obeying the Scriptures, by stepping out in faith and claiming the promises that He gives us over and over again in the pages of Scripture. It's a connection that He invited us to in Jesus and wants to maintain with us, with Jesus too. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare His Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things. We often sit there and think I have a relationship with Jesus, but a relationship is something that is ongoing. A relationship is something to be nurtured. I was talking with Pastor Rog on Friday night and one of the things he said that really struck me, really struck me, and I pray it strikes you the same way. He said after COVID, what was really hard was actually just reconnecting with people. Because people had become so accustomed to just being at home. And he says, What I love about being in amongst the believers is that you feel the pulse of God in the fellow saints around you. You can't have that connection if you're never around people. You can't identify that pulse if you're not amongst the saints. Yeah, you can worship at home, yeah, that's fine. And no offense to anybody at home, but you don't get to experience the intimacy of friendship and fellowship and growth and struggle, and hardship, if you're at home by yourself. That's the reason why we're called a body, is that we function together as a body, and that we benefit each other as a body, as we invest into each other as a body. That's what makes it so important. That's why it makes it important to call someone up and say, how are you going, how can I pray for you? That's why it makes it so important to come along someone else and visit them and have a coffee. That's why it's so important to sit down and pray for somebody in person as you share each other's burdens. That's why it's so important. And in that, we become shepherds of each other. Yes, we are our brother's keeper. We are. And that's what he has given us. That connection that we have with Jesus, if you notice, he sits here and he talks about how the sheep are connected with him. And the way he describes it, he says, as they are connected with me, it is the same connection that I have with my father. That's what he wants to see amongst us. That same connection he shares with the father, we share with each other as we walk together, as we fall together, as we get up together, as we move together. That's the blessedness that we've received in Christ. What else will we given in this connection? This this is part of those, when it says, when he graciously gives us all things in Romans 8.32, this is part of that all things, is that we have access into the grace in which we now stand, that we have the blessing to call God, Abba, Father. We get to call him Abba, Father. Not just me, not just you, but we get to do that. We are justified freely through His grace through redemption by Jesus in Romans 8, tw- 20, 24, and we are made alive in Christ, where I was once dead. You see, it is in this connection that I can then appreciate in greater depth the Good Shepherd's provision to look and identify the provision of God through our Good Shepherd, and it, and it, and it takes legitimate effort and deliberate intent to ensure that flock is provided for. Jesus takes deliberate intent and, and legitimate effort to ensure that his flock is provided for. If you recall, I, I gave you nine lessons from Joshua chapter one on the, on the Grace Christian group um, devotional wall, the, the GCC's daily word. If you don't have that, give me your phone number, I'll add you to it. But there, there's some of those lessons. God has ensured for us In Jesus Christ. In verse 4, lessons that I am provided for, that I am accompanied by the God of creation, that when he says, um, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, that we're assured. And then we're assured again when he says, be strong and of good courage. And he says it again in verse 8, be strong and of good courage. And then he says it again in verse 9, be strong. and of a good courage. He's ensuring that his people are provided for so that we can then live in the abundance that he promised us. That's why he's given it. Such provision, if you're a follower of Jesus, what we have received in Christ too, his presence that leads me, that leads me in the valley of the shadow of death, his word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, his peace that the world cannot give, his spirit that leads me, And to all truth concerning himself, resulting in the greatest of all provisions in Jesus' sacrifice, the good shepherd's sacrifice, his sacrifice that gives those who believe life. His sacrifice that satisfied the Father. His sacrifice that made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. His sacrifice that redeems me From sin's hold and blesses me with my name being written in the book of life. His sacrifice that has provided and connected me with Jesus so that I won't have my joy stolen, my connection with Jesus killed, and my relationship with Him destroyed. The Lord Jesus is our good shepherd who reaches out constantly to us, who reached out to us in our salvation when He became born of a virgin. In a manger who reached out to us when he was nailed to a cross and cried out, it is finished. He reached out to us when he rose again from the dead and ascended to the, to the right hand of the Father. And that his reaching out to us is fulfilled in us trusting in him and we are made new. And he reaches out to you now, whether you are close to him or not. So that we might come to experience in our good shepherd the fullness of who he is on his terms for his glory. Isn't that exciting? To know how you are seen by the Good Shepherd, who knows each of you by name, and asks you to follow him, I pray that you would recognize his voice, that you will follow his lead, and that you will experience the fullness of his safety and security in him that he offers us. Father, we thank You so much for your, for the Good Shepherd. We thank You so much for the Lord Jesus and and just for the, the blessedness of being known by Him, the blessedness of being connected to Him, the blessedness of being provided for in Him, the blessedness of the sacrifice for us through Him. Oh, we are humbled so greatly by the sheer greatness of who You are, Lord Jesus, the sheer beauty of Your person. And I pray that You would stir each of our hearts this morning to just connect with you, to just be with you, and to allow you to change us. So I ask for each person here, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what we're going through, no matter how isolated we may feel, I pray that you'll give us the capacity and the ability to recognize your hand reaching out to us, that we might be able to recognize and hear your voice calling out to us, and that we might be able to respond by your spirit and obedience to the instructions that you give us. So we ask for you to dismiss us now and we thank you that you are our good shepherd that laid down your life for us, your sheep. And I thank you that in you, we now know life, we now know fulfillment, we now know